Welcome back to our class on the Psalms. We are pretty far into this thing by now. Let's see if uh, this is working. On. There we go. Uh, Today is July 22nd. We've got four more classes left. So this has been a, a really good uh, class for me, just a chance to read the Psalms for once. So that's nice. I uh, hope it's been good for you guys as well. Um, today we're going to be talking about community. Uh, so reading plan, uh, if you're doing it, two psalms a day is kind of the idea. Uh, <clears throat> there's 150 psalms. Our class is 70 days long. So this week, if you're reading along, 91 through 115 approximately. I think I threw in an extra one just because. Okay, so a while back I read this book called The Social Animal. And it talks about the importance of community, um, not just to make us feel better, but how critical community is in development at an early age and throughout our life, and how the communities that we involve ourselves with change throughout our life. Um, you know, we may outgrow one community and go into another one. So I was thinking about some shared experiences, because that, that tends to be the, the origin of these communities, is whether we had a shared experience with somebody, directly or indirectly. So I was thinking of some groups. Uh, who here owns a Jeep? There we go, right? That pride. <laughs> he just heard the word Jeep. That was the first vehicle my son identified. Oh, there's a Jeep. There's a Jeep. He knew that before he knew the word truck. And Jeff is extremely proud of his Jeep. Do you get together on weekends with other Jeepists and, like, do stuff? Or do you just wave only to Jeeps? We got the wave. You got the wave. They've got the wave. Have you guys noticed that? If you don't, I don't have a Jeep, but I've noticed them wave to everyone but me, Right? <laughs> Um, how about motorcyclists? You've all seen this little thing when they're riding along and they, they just lower their arm. Even if you don't know the person, it doesn't matter if they're on a Yamaha and you're on a Harley Davidson, you still do that little thing. Although Harleys to each other are a little more emphatic about doing it. There's a little bit more pride there. Um, now, if I were to introduce myself as Dane Johnson, uh, Aggie, what's the, what, what, am, what are you supposed to do? Anyone go to Texas A&M? All right, and, and if it's a relatively comfortable environment or you know there's a ton of you, what do you say? Whoop. Howdy. I'm, I'm Dane Johnson. I went to Texas A&M. Whoop. I, I actually went to Texas Tech, so I, I don't get that response. And no one, no one self-identifies with Texas Tech. Everyone just keeps their, their guns down. The year they graduated. See, you, could, you knew right off the bat that I was faking because I didn't tell you what year I graduated. <clears throat> uh, we were in Korea for a while, and uh, we met some Americans just kind of disassociated, but then there was a group of Aggies, and they were extremely close. And when, I brought, when one of my coworkers came over, she was also an Aggie, so I introduced her to the other Aggies, and it was just like immediately pulled her into their family, and I was still kind of off to the side. <laughs> We see this same, same thing in the Psalms, right? It's all a relatively tight-knit nation of Hebrews, and they're recollecting on their shared experiences, right? They're, they're reliving their history over and over again. A lot of times they're so disassociated from their history, they need these constant reminders of who they are and why they are one people. So we're going to look at that uh, today. We're going to talk about community. Um, I want to kind of share a few different ways that the psalms are used in different communities than our own. Um, 
And what else are we going to do today? Um, singing of the Psalms. That we, I, I think I've shared before that I grew up in a Lutheran church. They have a way of reading the Psalms. Who here has been to a Lutheran church for more than a single service or something? And, and you, you, you kind of know how they read, do these responsive readings. So I want to share some of that since some of you may not be familiar with it. Uh, Catholic church, churches are very similar as well. Uh, some of them have seasonal reading plans. I was looking at, uh, what's it called? The Psalter. And that's Psalter. Uh, Martin, I don't know if Martin Luther actually put it together or they just throw his name on the front of it with like an intro from him. But the Psalter is the Psalms uh, with minor commentary, not a whole lot, but it divides every Psalm up and associates some notes with it so you can sing, sing them however you want. Well, not however you want, but in a structured way. The seasonal readings also follow the church calendar sometimes, uh, and it's just very repetitive. Uh, you'll do it every single year. And we've talked about the, the importance of going back into the Psalms over and over again, the repetitive nature and how that can affect you and how, uh, depending on your season of life, you hear something different. So I really like the, this idea of seasonal reading plans. Um, and then others do not just singing of the psalms, but responsive readings, right? where uh, the, the preacher or whoever it is says the first verse or the first half of the verse, everyone responds with the second half, uh, which those are really fun to hear in churches that, that do it regularly. Um, so we may have a difficulty in, if we're, if we're reading the Psalms in isolation or any part of the Bible, if, if we try to be a Christian in isolation, there's a lot of extra challenges with that. There's challenges when you're part of a community, but there's kind of a, a foundation that you're, you're operating from, and it just seems to be more helpful when you're a part of a group. All right, so let's go ahead and read our first one today. Uh, we're going to start with Psalm 50. Did everyone get one of the handouts do we have any extra, Nathan? There's a few in the back if you need to grab one. Uh, so Billy's going to read Psalm 50 for us, and he's got the mic. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes, he does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire, around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world in its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. 
and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, What right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline, and you cast my words behind you. If you see a, th- uh, if you see a thief, you are pleased with him, and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free rein for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this, then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who order his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Thank you. Now, uh, I, I picked this one out for us to read today because it is, it is written as God speaking to us as a people. Uh, what are we called to do from God in this one? I'll grab the mic while you guys are thinking. What is God calling his people to do? What is his commandment here? Yeah. To be thankful. thankful. All right. Um, In what way? What's, I never saw giving thanksgiving with this word associated with it. What's what's the word? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. I was kind of surprised by that. All right. So, um, this is reaffirmed in other places in the Bible, right? That, that, uh, Sacrifice is not what God desires. Sacrifice of animals is not exactly what he desires. He starts off saying that 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 sacrifice, that covenant has already been made. Now, they're still sacrificing animals to God as part of their normal worship. But what is he asking for now? A sacrifice of thanksgiving. What does that mean? When you guys are giving thanks, does it feel like you're sacrificing something? It doesn't always for me. Um, I really don't have... Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a more than just a verbal response, maybe a physical response as well. Um, you know, giving more than we're comfortable with, whether that's sacrificial or not. Um, you know, we talk about giving our lives as well, uh, maybe in mission work or whatever it is, it is beyond money. But may, maybe this is talking about Thanksgiving beyond just uh, saying, God, thank you for this day, and then moving on to eat your meal. Uh, I don't know. Jeff? Yeah, uh, when I was looking through, reading a few things about community worship, it, 
for those of you that grow up doing it, singing in a group is natural, but where else do you sing in a group? It's one of the most uncomfortable things to do, to be around people you don't know and to sing out loud, for me anyway. Public speaking is another one for a lot of people. Uh, singing is mine, for sure. I'm not going to sing in front of you. But here we're, we're used to it now. We come and do it with 200 people all around us singing songs, um, although generally we're all kind of focused there so we don't have to look at everyone else and, and pretend that no one's hearing us. All right, um, what else in this one? So God is calling us to give thanksgiving. Uh, the covenant has already been made. 21, these things you have done and I have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge against you, pointing out that we have a choice in doing this, right? So God's wanting us to make the choice to praise and thanksgiving. Now what our thanksgiving looks like uh, takes a lot of different forms, but it's, it's really cool to me that the Psalms have been a central part of that Thanksgiving practice ever since they've been written, right? Even before they were structured and organized in these five books, uh, Brad showed that flow chart of how they were compiled and put together. They were already written, and they were already in use. So it's kind of cool that we have this common um, foundation that we're basing our praise off of. Even now with modern worship songs, so many of them use the Psalms. Not all, but quite a few. So it's cool that this is still... Such a, such a central part of our community worship. Uh, so I want to look at what, uh, different ways the Psalms have been. So before we move on from 50, there was a lot in there, and I love that it's God talking to us. Um, anything else jump out to you guys on this one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and not just thanksgiving, you're right, there is that and. Be thankful and also to call upon him in your day of trouble. Depend on him. Rely upon him. What else? Yeah. He's calling us to be obedient. Obedient. Do what he wants than to sacrifice. Yeah, and I, so calling us to be obedient. I like the, in 17, for you hate discipline. Here God's talking to the wicked. You hate discipline. Uh, what about us? Do we enjoy discipline? Do we accept it? We've seen a few times in the Psalms where God seems to, or at least discipline is attributed to God, uh, and the psalmist is accepting of it. Were you accepting of discipline when you were a teenager from your parents? Or uh, how, how do your kids receive the discipline that you give? Are you asking for discipline from God? I don't know, that one made me think a little bit. Yeah. Mercy and the discipline, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting as well, The um, where we tend to think that God is like us. Um, where is that again? These things you have, 21, you thought that I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. So I don't know what that means or what the psalmist means by that, um, but... 
I don't know, maybe they've fallen into some habits and they've just started saying, you know what, God's been with us before. He's not showing us any discipline that we're doing it wrong, so maybe he's just like us. I don't know. All right, and, and he, he reemphasizes again. So at first when he's talking to the righteous in 14, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, he repeats it at the very end in verse 23 uh, when he's addressing the wicked. The one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. So that, that emphasis, the, uh, the parallelism that we were talking about last week. Okay, um, anything else stick out to you on 50 or we'll move on to the next? All right. Uh, so, we're going to do a group read this time. So, everyone got your paper? Okay. I'm not going to lead it. Jeff is. And we're going to do uh, 131. So, I just kind of, it's not a call and response. We're all going to read it together. Um, so, uh, Jeff, let me give you the mic. I'll, uh, okay, I'll just begin with verse 1. A song of ascents from David. Lord, my heart has not been haughty, nor have my eyes looked too high, nor have I striven for great things, nor for things too wondrous for me. But I have calmed and contented myself like a weaned babe on its mother. Like a weaned babe I am with myself. Wait. O Israel, for the Lord, now and forevermore. Thank you. You can hold on to the mic. Jeanette's going to read for us next. Um, How many of you, was that the first time for you to read out loud, communally, Scripture? We've all done it, right? At least no one's wanting to admit they haven't. This was a central part of... of, um, Worship services for me growing up, there was always one of these things in service every time. What do you guys think about reading that one out loud? Was it harder to pay attention to the words? Did new things stand out to you? Was it different saying it out loud? Were you worried what your neighbor was going to think about how you pronounce the word haughty or haughty? Did you even notice the context of this? When I'm, when I'm reading these out loud, it's hard for me to, to focus on the context, especially when it's the first time to ever read the one, right? You just, you just focus on getting through it and making sure you're on the same beat as everyone else. Jeff, you slowed down a little bit there, and I was ready to keep moving. <laughs> so for, the, for the, the psalm itself, I really like the theme of contentment. I chose this one because it was so short. Um, I didn't want to be doing a group read for, for 15 minutes. But I like the idea of contentment in this psalm. And it, and it is a little bit of... Uh, it almost seems like it's self-induced recentering. So if this is by David, it's a, it says it's a song of a sense for David, whether it's written by him or not. Can't really attribute it to him, but let's assume that it is. He's the king, right? So here he is saying, he is praying, Lord, my heart has not been haughty, nor have my eyes looked too high. Do you think that's true of David? That he was never looking too high? He seemed to be a guy of high aspirations and uh, doing things he wasn't always pleased of. 
in retrospect. Nor have I striven for great things, nor for things too wondrous for me. I certainly do this, and of you know, always looking to the future, wanting to achieve certain things, whether it's career, whether it's education, whether it's as a parent, whatever it is. We always want more, it seems like. But this is kind of a recentering psalm. I have calmed and contented myself like a weaned babe on its mother. Like a weaned babe, I am with myself. So what is a weaned child? More content. <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's still dependent on his mother. But when the child is, when a, a older infant is weaned now, they're a little calmer. They're not always just crying for food or because they have a poopy diaper or they want to go to sleep. They're now just kind of content being awake and being in your presence, which is really cool to experience. And, and I love the idea that that's the image that David associates with himself. I have quit looking to the future and to my accomplishments and what I want to accomplish and for things too wondrous for me. He's not, I, I don't know, I, I, with that line I thought about you know, trying to uncover the nature of God. Well, are you going to just consume yourself with trying to understand the nature of God or are you going to be like a weaned babe in the presence of God, content to be without having to fully understand Any thoughts on 131? Anything stand out to you? There wasn't a whole lot in this one, but I really liked the imagery. How about, how about the reading together? I think it's a little reassuring when you're doing something uncomfortable with a lot of people all at once. <laughs> John. What's that? Yeah, this kind of ties into 50. I don't know if I saw that before where, you know, when when God says, you know, bring your thanksgiving to me and call upon me in your day of trouble. When you call upon God in in your day of trouble, what's he going to do? Is he going to solve all your problems or is he just going to give you a sense of contentment? I think generally it's giving you a sense of contentment. And so, yeah, we've got David here now calling on the Lord um, and asking in his day of trouble, maybe, maybe, and being... Given contentment, calm. so much in this life and in this world and, and we can't experience it all. Right? They're, they're mutually exclusive. If you have one experience, you can no longer ever have this one, right? You can't know what it's life to, like to, to have kids or to not have kids. You can't have both those experiences simultaneously. Um, and it's when we can step away from all this stuff that we're, we have the 
opportunity to do. We were, Katie and I were reading an article about bucket lists. And it's like we're trying to create these experiences that are, that are kind of surface to the actual experience. Um, I don't know if any of you have been expats, but you live somewhere. Um, I worked for ExxonMobil, and so I knew a lot of expats, and they live in these communities, right? They kind of self-isolate themselves, and I went to Angola, and I had some friends that moved to Angola, and you don't experience the culture. You don't experience the country. You live in your compound, and so we're kind of creating these, we're striving for great things, but they're oftentimes very surface things, even if we do get to experience them, being able to step back and say, I don't need everything, and simplify, I like that. Brad? We talked about that a little bit when we were talking about uh, psalms of thanksgiving, right? The, you know, you, you, you say the psalms where you want to be in life. And I, I have a feeling when verse 2 was written, he may not have actually been calm and contented at that moment, but that's where he wanted to be. Jeff? Uh, no. present. 
Yeah. The, the idea of the Psalms, uh, kind of progression to help you get closer to God, to maybe lay some burdens down as you go. Let's, let's read 122. If you'll pass the mic down. No, no. You, you can just sit back, relax. But there is, a, there is a quiz on this one, so pay attention just for you. <laughs> I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of our Lord, our God, I will see your good. Thank you. All right, before we talk about this one, um, we're going to listen to it in a different way. So, so far, all class, we've been an individual reading it. We're following along with the words. Um, I wanted to show you this. It's hard to see everything, but... These are the tones for the psalms that are in the Psalter, the Lutheran Psalter. So they, they're just, I don't know all the musical terminology. Um, and I'm not tone deaf, but I'm tone illiterate. So I'm not going to sing this. But these tones can be applied to every single psalm. And throughout the Psalter, if you pick up a Catholic or Lutheran Psalter, um, they're split and they'll have little uh, symbols showing you where to move on to the next bar. Um, and they're very simple, right? You could play it on a piano as you're saying it. Uh, they fit this with every single psalm, so sometimes you've got to cram a lot of words into a very small space. But, uh, will you, Steve, will you play that first sound? So this is the, this is the psalm we just read. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing. Within your gates, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel. To give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. 
Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning. Alleluia, alleluia. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, so they've also got these hallelujahs that they tack onto things that are, um, I always thought, they were just kind of making it up as they went along because I couldn't read music notes when they were singing it. I was like, how are they getting to all these extra syllables? Um, but yeah, so you can pick these different tones. Uh, there are, what is that, eight? Eight different tones, and you can use them with every single psalm. And so you can go online, and this guy does every single one of those tones with the same psalm, so you can kind of see the difference. Some are a little more upbeat. Others are a little more uh, mellow. Um, dirgical, is that a word? Like a dirge? Um, so yeah, I just wanted to introduce you guys to those things if you've never seen them. Uh, what, what do you guys think of those? Should we start doing those every morning? Jeff, you want to lead us on those? <laughs> Jason, Jason could. He's good with music. <laughs> does that do anything different for you? Does it, does it change the way you hear the psalms? Yeah, it, it just does something, right? It just does. Uh, it just does. <laughs> um, I, was, I was watching this video about why John Bonham of Led Zeppelin is such a great drummer. Fantastic video. You should YouTube it. Um, but in one of the songs, and I knew this growing up listening to it, that there's just something about the song that kind of pulled me into it. And the, the guitarist and the rest of the band is playing a completely different time scale than the drummer is playing. And every now and then they sync up but only for a split, split second. So there's this, there's this dueling music that your brain's dealing with, and then all of a sudden it makes sense, and then it splits off again. So yeah, having music associated with things, I don't... Yeah, you, it's like we were talking about semantics and tactic accentual parallelism last week. You can put all these names to this stuff, but it's like, I don't know, did they intend for, for it to, to follow all these strict rules, or did we attribute the rules after the fact, like 12-bar blues? Did someone just play it and like, this sounds great? and then everyone else keeps doing it. Uh, now, reading psalms can get monotonous, but so can continually saying them in tones. But I think I, I have the image of a monk just using this tone throughout the day, walking and meditating on, on the words. And we, someone asked about whether rhyming is used for, to help with memorization. No, rhyming's not used, but I think the, uh, the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church adopted these things to help with 
I don't know if memorization, but a way to actually read the Psalms to yourself and just keep it on your heart and tongue all day long. Um, let's look at, go ahead and turn to your, in your Bible, pick your favorite version. Uh, we're running out of time. So I just want you to consider 136. I didn't print it out, so pull open yours. <clears throat> Brad, Taryn, Katie, and I were discussing uh, what, what class was going to be on this week. And I said com- uh, communal psalms. And I don't know who it was, but someone said, oh, we're not going to do 136 where you say this and we all say this over and over and over again. So, so what, is, uh, what does your Bible say for the second half of each verse? Sorry. Uh, for the steadfast love endures forever. A different one? Faithful love endures forever. His loving kindness is everlasting. Any more different ones? What's that? His love endures forever. Okay. Just regular love. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so just take a look at this one real quick. We're not going to read through it, but um, this is, you know, we talk about, we're talking about um, blues. Call and response is another huge element of, the, of blues music. Call and response right here. Um, and this is used or can be used and may have been used as a call and response type thing where the leader is going to say the first half of the verse and everyone else is going to say, you're all going to say something different if we did it that way. <laughs> for his kindness is forever. For his love is endures forever. Whatever it is. And um, Brad pointed something out. So, so I can't remember who said it was so monotonous, but Brad is like, or, or that it goes on forever. And Brad said, well, that's, that's kind of the point. <laughs> you say his love endures forever for about 15 minutes solid, maybe you'll remember that his love endures forever, <laughs> including that entire time. Um, so this psalm has been used, and, and this is a beautiful one to listen to. So we're going to listen to this one. Uh, oh, yeah, so if you'll play that one. And we probably won't have time to listen to the whole thing, so I might cut you off. This is the Hereford Chapel of Hereford Cathedral. Upgrade our sound system. It didn't sound. It didn't. It didn't have the same feel. <laughs> Just crank it. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever seen a service in one of these ancient churches like that, but listening to the choral singing psalms is a beautiful thing. Um, but there is no wrong way to sing the psalms. So I'm going to use the same psalm and a different video a little bit, and we'll just watch a, a little bit of this one. Steve, the next one. Here we go.
I think we need more woe woes in our psalms. Who's leading worship this morning? Can you throw some woe woes into the songs? When you're, when you're eight years old and you're, you're in uh, the Hereford Chapel listening to a choral, singing the psalms, uh, you're just kind of thinking, when's lunch? Um, so I love that there, there, there are these other musical tools for, for different people. I think VBS, you know, my kids are still singing songs from the VBS. And this is a pretty catchy one, especially when you get to the part where they just sing, uh, what is it, Psalm 1, 3, 6, 2 through 4, over and over again, so that it gets even more repetitive. Um, but it keeps it on your tongue, it keeps it on your mind, and before long it's in your heart, and you're seeing this just as you're playing Legos. So I, I love that idea, especially when I see that my kids still sing songs from VBS. Although, Brad, your kids taught them the, um, the Mexico trip version of Lord's Army, and it won't stop. <laughs> it needs to stop. <laughs> All right, well, that's all we've got for today, so thank you. Have a good day.